This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality! Listen Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Addison Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something at a poetry slam, Dave. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jayton Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good! 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 And one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I've always had trouble with my hammy, and it's just been, it's kind of chronic and there's just really nothing I can do about it. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson on a very excited Friday afternoon. Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you feeling good today? I really am. I think you're looking good. I feel good today. You look rejuvenated. Maybe it's, strangely, no high school basketball to go to tonight. Yeah. It sounds very odd. This is our first night on a Friday night with no high school basketball since the Friday, the final Friday of December. Yep. What would that have been like, December 27th? Yeah, so it's been two months. Every Over single Friday months. night in January, every single one in February until this one, we've had bullpup basketball tonight. No bullpup basketball. Yeah, and, and, and we say that because we're excited for next week's substates. That's and, right. And it allows us to get a little bit of a, you know, a, a breather uh, to get ready for next week's substates. We don't know. Uh, who the teams are going to play yet, we will know after tonight. Well, I'll give you the scenarios we, a little later. Okay, but but yeah, it, and it's it's kind of like it always is. It comes down to the last night of the season, determine, we know the McPherson girls are going to be number one seed. Well, that helps when you We beat don't everybody. know where the boys are going to be. A lot depends on games tonight. Uh, the Bullpups could be uh, anywhere, what, six or seven, I believe, right now. They could be six or seven. Yeah. Now their opponent, that's where things get a little dicey. Right, right. And so we'll find out tonight. But no, I mean, uh, also I think we, you and I both have a little pep in our step. We we had a great night last night. We did. We went up to Salina, had a little old Chicago. Oh, not pre-game. new Chicago, a little old Chicago. Yeah, had the, you know had some old Chicago. Steve had some pizza. He was feeling good, oh, man. Yeah, it was good, and and, and uh, so that was the pregame, and went up to the McPherson College Kansas Wesleyan men's basketball playoff game. Uh, the Coyotes were the higher seed. Uh, but you and I both said earlier in the week, this is a good matchup for the Bulldogs. And boy, did it turn out to be a great matchup for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it turned out to be, in terms of size-wise, style-wise, it turned out to be a great matchup for them because the Bulldogs are not a big team. Right. Typically, their biggest guy in their lineup is a six foot five guy that is not big he's 180 and, 180 pounds probably in Luol Magat but he plays big yeah he's springy but six five is typically about their biggest and so it's a lineup that likes to shoot threes and I would say Steve last night I don't think that they 
shot the ball great. No. I did I don't think that they had a terrific offensive game, but this team that at times this year has played some let's just say Matador, not great defense. Matador defense. Let's say it what it is. Played man-sized defense last night and went on the road, won in a tough environment, and what a great win for that Bulldog men's basketball program. And what a great crowd. That's the biggest, you know, I think the Bulldogs had more people at KW last night than they had at some of their home games this year. I mean, the crowd was just unbelievable. KW had a great crowd. It was very loud. You and I could hardly hear ourselves think. It was loud. It it was very loud. What? But, yeah, what? But, uh, anyway... Uh, the Bulldogs played defense like they hadn't played all year. They only gave up 63 points. And one reason we thought this was the best matchup they could possibly get in the first round, Kansas Wesleyan is a bit offensively challenged. They're, they're the num- they were the number 10 k- team in, in offense. In scoring. In scoring because they hang their hat on their defense. They're, they're the number two uh, defensive team in the KCAC. But I thought it was a good matchup. Now, KW in the first half really pounded the Bulldogs on the boards. And uh, they were getting some second and third chance opportunities. The Bulldogs, though, had a 10-point lead in the first half. KW closed real fast at the end, got it down to one. And then the Coyotes came out and went up five early in the second half. But then Grant Munson came into the game. Dorian Page came into the game. And the Bulldog defense really got good. Delvon Hightower... Fred Watts, I thought they were good all night. And the Bulldogs made a big charge, ended up winning the game by double digits, and now they move on to play at Ottawa at 7 o'clock on Saturday in the semifinals. And a win there, and they're one step away from the national tournament. Well, the interesting thing, Steve, when I look at last night's game, and there was another game a couple weeks ago where we said this with Coach Eskelton, who's in his first season, remember, and this is their first win in the postseason since 2013, the year that they were one of the bottom seeds, last team to make it in. They go and, and pick up a win on the road. They win another one on the road, win the whole thing, and go to nationals. For this team to go from where they were, let's say a year ago today, yeah, to turn things around last night and go win the way they did, last year there wasn't as much of a fight and as much of a pushback. They weren't playing very good defense. Their offense really struggled. And for the veterans on this team that were a part of it last year, some of the seniors on that group, some of the juniors that played big minutes, for them to go from where they were a year ago... 10 wins. ...to now 21 wins, and the way that they've done it, I I was just very proud of them last night because it would have been very easy for a lot of those guys last year at the end of the year to say, hey, Coach Swartz and Druber's stepping down. I don't really want to try the new guy, even though they knew Coach Eskelton and that he right. was on staff. But, you know, why not? Let's let's just – I'll hang out my senior year. Yeah. And for those guys to play the way they did last night, I thought it was really a great statement for Coach Eskelton and what this program has become. Well, the way they were locked in from the very start of that game, mentally focused, mentally tough. And I think Coach Eskelson used – he said, we were gritty tonight. They were real. I mean, they played – the most intense defense they had all year. And I think they realize this could be something special. If they can beat Ottawa, I'm thinking they're going to get Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, if they win because I think Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, is going to beat Bethel. Oklahoma Wesleyan beat Friends, which I think is really, really good. They beat them by 38 last night. And I think Donnie Bostwick 
has got that team playing really well down there in Bartlesville. Let's hope he's not listening to us today. Well, I didn't say the B word. (laughs) Well, Steve, it was a fun win last night in Salina, and we were very happy for those guys. A lot of red in the stands, and now, like you mentioned, they'll play at Ottawa on Saturday. They've got a really weird day in Ottawa on Saturday because they're hosting KCAC Championship Wrestling. Right. So I don't know how the timing is going to work out. or It may be about a 9 o'clock tip-off if they don't keep that wrestling tournament running. They started at 11 but you p.m. To, but you have to remember, there's not a lot of wrestlers in the KCAC, so it should go pretty quick. Well, then that helps. Yeah. And if it goes long, then it's going to be a long night in Ottawa and a late car ride back. Yeah. But so, if they can find a way to win tonight or Saturday night and be able to play – at Hartman Arena, where we'll be going later today. Yeah, we're heading there. If they can soon. find a way to play there on Monday night, don't you just know there will be a ton of red in the oh, stands? And you know, when the Bulldogs were having that run from 2010 to whatever, the 2010 11 season to 2014 15 or 14, whatever it was, their crowds were unbelievable back then. Hartman Arena, they took a ton of people down to Hartman Arena the last time they were in the KCAC championship game. And you know what they always say, if they win, they will come. And that's what the Bulldogs are doing. But this is such a fun team to watch. And when the season ends, I'm going to be kind of sad because I have just enjoyed this season like very few in my 41 years of covering the Bulldogs. Well, Steve, going back to kind of the way you started to talk about the show today and talking about sub-state basketball, we'll talk about state wrestling and that here in just a moment. But I've got the scenarios for you tonight Okay. for Bullpup Basketball Substates, which will be announced tomorrow morning. Okay. We'll find out probably around the time we're doing our coaches show. So here are your scenarios for Bullpup Basketball fans that are sitting around today and thinking, okay, who do I need to watch? What do I need to follow? For the McPherson girls, you don't need to worry about anything. They're the number one seed. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? I kind of figured that out. So number one, they will be the number one seed. The girls, don't worry relax, don't get on your phone, don't have to look at anything. Now, for the McPherson boys, it's a little bit different. So they are currently the number seven seed. The number six seed is Hayes, and they still have to play. There's only three teams still playing in 5A West tonight on the boys' side, and all of the games are really important for McPherson. For everybody else, they're not really that important. Hayes plays Dodge City at home. Salina South plays at Derby. And Emporia plays at Junction City. And Hayes last night, the Bullpups were hoping that they would lose so they could potentially jump them in the standings. And they won it a buzzer on a buzzer beater for the second time in the last two weeks. And Abilene had the lead in that game. Right. And Hayes won on a buzzer beater. It was a weird play. I've seen the video. One of their players was driving in, lost the ball, and I think Abilene thought that it was going to be over. Another guy picked it up and flung it in at the buzzer to win. So Hayes, one more time against Dodge City at home, Salina South at Derby, Emporia at Junction City. If Hayes wins tonight, McPherson will be the number seven seed. And with a Hayes loss, it will come down to defensive points per game. And right now it is very, very close. Currently the defensive points per game is Hayes 49.052, McPherson 49.150. So Hayes has the tiebreaker at this point. They have the edge at this point. Now if they give up 85 tonight, they might not. But... That's the main scenario for whether they'll be six or seven. Now, here's where things get interesting. So if they are the seven, and if Salina South wins at Derby tonight, then the Cougars will move into a three-way tie with Andover Central and Mays, 
which and that would be a three-way tie for the eight spot, which would likely result, depending on scores, and again, this is assuming it will be a normal basketball score. If they go to seven overtimes and it's 115 to 110, well, then things get weird, but it would likely result in Mays dropping down to the number 10 spot, Salina South would jump them to number 9 and end over Central at number 8. If Salina South, and that's if they win, if they lose at Derby tonight and Emporia loses at Junction City, then Salina South would be the number 10. Are you following me I'm there? I'm following. My- and then with a Salina South loss and an Emporia win, the Spartans would then jump Salina South to get to 10. Salina South would be 11. I say Salina South loses. That's my prediction. They'll they, be playing at Derby, a tough team. I think... And Derby lost to Mays last I night. I think Junction City beats Emporia. We've seen this Junction City team. They are really good defensively. They got great athletes. Emporia, I don't know. They've been very up and down this year. Heston beat them earlier this year. The team I think I don't want to play would be Mays. I think Mays is dangerous. Mays... Beat Derby last night. And we know some people that have been out doing some scouting. The McPherson I coaches were bouncing around all over the place yesterday. So those are your basic scenarios. Hayes wins, which we think they probably will. Then McPherson's the number seven. And then you look, okay, who's the 10? It comes down to what Salina South does tonight. If they win, it's likely going to be Mays. If Salina South loses, well, then it's either Salina South or Emporia based off of what Emporia does. And if there was a shining light, you know, we, we've been talking about Andover, the possible team the Bullpups could have to beat, you know, in the sub-state finals if they get there. Andover really got a push last night from Arc City. I don't know what the final score ended up. They won by three so, or two. So one, that, they, just, that just They shows, hit a shot at the end of the game to win. Andover, it just shows they maybe are a little more vulnerable – than Bishop Carroll. There's two teams that are undefeated, Bishop Carroll and Andover. I think Bishop Carroll's probably the better team. But Andover showed some cracks last night. You have to remember, Andover relies greatly on the three. They have shot it great all year. But if that three-point shot isn't going, you just wonder. And also, Andover, it's pretty tough when you're undefeated going into the sub-state and everybody's expecting you to get out of sub-state. That's a lot of pressure to put on 16, 17, and 18-year-old kids. I'll give you an example of that. When I was in high school, the mighty Olathe East Hawks, the Hawks. had in their sub-state Olathe Northwest. Willie Cauley-Stein. With Willie Cauley-Stein, with Siobhan Shields, with my guy Trey Bales. They had an unbelievable team that had only lost once in the year to some school from Minnesota. And the pressure was on. They had killed us the first time we played them. The pressure's on. They're trying to make it to state. They have Perry Ellis in their sights. They're saying, we're going to knock off Wichita Heights. And the pressure got to them against the mighty Olathe East Hawks. And they did not win. In a game that is very, very similar to what would be ranking-wise and and record-wise, McPherson against Andover. Very similar to that. So I've seen it happen. It happens every now and then. And all I can say, Steve, is, we are very excited for sub-state basketball yeah, next we week. Really, it's going to be a crazy Yeah, it, it really is. Now, as far as the McPherson girls, I don't know who the teams are. I, you know it a lot better than I do. I think Great Ben might be a possibility. Great Ben will likely be the number 16 In the seed. first round. And I don't know who the 8 and 9 are because that's what you look at next. Capen was one of them at one point, and I was thinking Salina South was the other. 
So, you know, the bullpups, and remember, the bullpup girls will be at home where, you know, they shoot it just tremendously well at home compared to the road. Uh, I really like the McPherson girls' chances of making it to state. And what you want to hope for is that St. Thomas Aquinas, you know they're going to make it. You want St. Thomas. Well, they've only made it to state like 27 years in a row. Yeah, you want want St. Thomas Aquinas on the opposite side of the bracket last year. McPherson and Aquinas, I think you and I will probably agree, they were the two best teams there. Yes. Even though McPherson lost the third place game, third place games to me are just basically kind of worthless. Well, especially the girls one because it's the first game and it's early. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I think the third place game is the hardest game to play anywhere because you're so disappointed you're not playing for the state championship. You're trying to put on a smiley face and have happy feet, but sometimes it's just not there. And I really felt like last year McPherson and Aquinas were the two best teams and they had to play in the semifinals. And and McPherson and Aquinas had a tremendous game, went down to the wire, and then Aquinas pretty much won the uh, championship game handily, if I recall. So you want Aquinas on the upper side, the opposite side of the bracket if they get there. One more thing before we take a break. Capen was the eight that I was thinking. Wichita Northwest would likely be the nine okay. for the girls' and substate. And Capen, of course, you know, Capen is Capen. You know, they'll have tradition, good coaching. Uh, that would be a good substate final. But last year, I think the Bullpups played Carroll for the substate championship and uh, did a real great job against them. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about state wrestling, where we will be today down at Park City at Hartman Arena. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we are excited for a little state wrestling today down at Hartman Arena in Park City will be making the trip down here in just a little bit to check out the bullpup wrestlers that will be going today. And they will be one less than what we thought they would be in in terms of qualified. But the ones that they'll have going today, Landon Cruz at 138, Red Edmondson at 145 pounds, Jonah Clark at 170, Landon France at 195, Mason Thrash at 220, and Jonah Scott as the heavyweight. Yeah, and uh, Tucker Pellner had to scratch. He's been ill this week. Uh, Tucker, a freshman, he's he, he's had a kind of a star-crossed year. When he's been available, he's been very, very good. But he's had injuries, now sickness. Uh, he was going to have a really tough This rest- has been the year of the sickness. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like every single sport, everybody yeah. has just been plagued by illness? Tuck- Tucker was going to have a really tough road down there, but it would have been great experience for him. Uh, he would have got a lot of matches probably under his belt. But he's going to come back next year. He and his brother both, uh, you know, really – were plagued by injuries this year. Hopefully both will be 100% next year because they are really quality lower weight wrestlers. As far as the other bullpups, uh, I think I said it before, I think Landon France has a great chance of making the championship match. I think you'll see Thrash and Edmondson in the semifinals, and you never know what's going to happen when you get there. But uh, as far as the other bullpups, it'll be tough. Our, our man Jonah Clark, he's got a brutal 
weight class. That's a really difficult weight class. And then uh, Jonas Scott, Landon Cruz. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody that I haven't I think you've hit everybody. Hit everybody. Uh, the Bullpups, you know, will go down there. They have been a real force uh, in state wrestling uh, for several years now. And, of course, they've had one state champion each of the last three years. You had Austin Eldridge, Red Edmondson, Scott Radke. Hopefully Landon France is that guy this year because uh, he is really good. He's been good all year. He's been ranked on the top three all year. He was number one for a while. And uh, Hartman Arena, a real fun place for state wrestling. Let's just hope our phones work. Yeah. yeah. Last year, there was no cell phone service anywhere. Right. There's not a whole lot out by Hartman Arena. There aren't really homes. Right. It's just kind of... And if you've ever shed. been to Hartman Arena, is when you drive into the parking lot, it's like you're going up an incline. I mean, if you if you rolled a ball up the uh, parking lot, it would roll right back to you because everything slants, you know, slants downward at Hartman Arena. But it's a but it's a really nice place. KCAC basketball championship games will be there on Monday. Hopefully, we get to make it three days or three trips in four days. Yeah. Now, you and Arena. I went to Salina yesterday for the first ever official. Kansas Girls State Wrestling Tournament. The Bullpups did not have anybody place, but Coach Kretzer was named the Coach of the Year by the right. Kansas uh, Officials Association, and I think deservedly so, because if not for Coach Kretzer, we would not have been at Salina yesterday. There would have been no state wrestling because his efforts led the charge to get it sanctioned. And I think that some of those efforts it came so fast that they weren't able to plan everything quite as they wanted to, and because they want this to be a two-day state tournament, right. like they have with the boys' side. And one of the things that was interesting that I didn't know a lot about is their rule where you can only wrestle five matches in a day. Right. And so there were some girls that if you lose at some point and dip down into the consolation bracket, you can wrestle a lot. you've got to try and win your way back through. And so there's the opportunity where if you didn't have that rule, well, you could wrestle seven or eight times and get back to where you needed to be. Well, you can't do that from national rules, and so that's why they like to have two-day wrestling tournaments, so that way you never have the problem of you run out of matches that you can wrestle in a day. So there are things that are, that can still be worked out with it, but it felt like so many people yesterday in Salina were very appreciative of what Coach Kretzer and Shane Bakus as well right. did in terms of pushing this forward because... It's only the start for how great this yeah. event will be. And one thing you and I have seen, Steve, in covering the unofficial Girls State Wrestling Tournament the last couple years, to get to the official one, how much has the quality stepped up in the last just two years? Oh, it's in unbelievable. The, in just the last one year of that event. It's night and day. And, you know, McPherson, uh, for the first part of the season, was the number one ranked team in the state. And the Bullpups didn't place anybody and they were like in the team standings they were like 50 something in the in the final team points so the other schools have caught up and McPherson though is still considered the trailblazer of girls wrestling they will forever be the trailblazer that really got this going but I'll tell you there were some great matches yesterday and the other schools there you know are getting better and better and now it's time for like coach Kretzer said it's time hey you know, we kind of won those unofficial state tournaments because simply by sheer numbers, we had we you know we filled all the weights and had more opportunities to score points. Well, now the other schools are starting to fill weights. And uh, one thing about the state girls tournament yesterday, they were just twelve girl brackets. Right. 
instead of 16 and like next at, year, at the boys. Next year, Coach Kreser said, we will have 16-team brackets, which means you got to have a two-day tournament. So next year, it'll probably be a Wednesday-Thursday state tournament, and then Friday and Saturday, the boys down at uh, you know, Hartman Arena. One thing that I thought was interesting that Coach Kretzer said is that he could look around the room, and he wouldn't say any names or anything, and talk about some coaches, maybe even administrators that were not really on board with girls wrestling as a whole. And let's face it, it happens with every sport. I can guarantee you, in the 1950s and 60s, there were some people with girls basketball that struggled with it. They right. said, oh, well, th- th- that doesn't need to be a high school sport. Just do what you want. Do it on the side. Oh, they could they could do whatever they want to do. And that people didn't care. And I think that Coach Kretzer could recognize that all it takes is one girl to be in your program for some of those coaches to change their minds. And especially one comment that he made is there weren't the girls that were out for wrestling there were wrestlers that were girls. And the difference of that being, it's not just somebody that's out there to show up. Right. It's somebody that is passionate about it. Right. And, of course, Coach Kretzer had his own daughter kind of be the one that changed yeah. his mind in yeah. Maya. And, of course, you get passionate about that. But he said he was seeing some of that passion from the other coaches around the state that three years ago couldn't have cared less about what was going on with girls wrestling. And then they get one, they get two. And they're as fired up as anybody. And I thought that that was something that was really cool about the evolution of that sport, too. And I I want to make a point. You talk about – I just want to get back to girls' basketball real quick. At Mighty Independence High, where I went to high school, this is how the interest level was in girls' basketball. They had to play their games on Mondays and Thursdays because the fans did not want the girls to play on Tuesday and Fridays before the boys' game because they wanted to see the JV boys' games – so the girls were shuffled off to Mondays and Thursdays. And I was, my sophomore year, I was the PA announcer for the basketball games. I did starting lineups and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. It was me and then all the moms and dads of the girls. The kids never came. I mean, you didn't even, you know, you, did, you couldn't even pay for the lights to be turned on because you made no money off admission. But now look at girls basketball and how far it's come. And I think girls wrestling has a chance to really explode over the next five to ten years. I think you're going to see... A lot of schools with 12, 13, 15 girls out, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a formidable sport. Well, like we've talked about before, the thing that's great about girls wrestling is that it's very inclusive, and the thing just about wrestling in general is you don't have to be a specific size in order to wrestle. You don't have to be a specific athletic ability. It, It is very inclusive of all types of people, and that's why I think it will be a terrific Girls sanctioned sport. And on Sunday, if you go down to Central Christian College around 10 o'clock, the Kansas Girls War of the Roses tournament is being contested down there. And it'll be interesting to see the numbers for that tournament this year. Uh, the Mac Wrestling Club hosts that every year down at Alexander Arena. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they get for that this year. So we'll be making our way to Park City here in just a little bit for 5A State Wrestling. We will take one more break and then wrap up today's show. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, 
Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve. It's a different weekend, not as much basketball in our lives. Right. But we're looking forward to a weekend down in Park City full of wrestling. We'll be bouncing around all over the place and be down there for two days. And I think we're looking forward to seeing what this Bullpup team can do and if they can make it four consecutive years with a state champion. Well, I'll tell you, Coach Kretzer has done just a remarkable job. Uh, you know, Coach Settle was there for like almost 30 years. Coach Settle did an incredible job. Turned out just a multitude of state champions. Coach Kretzer has just continued the trend. And I just don't think people in this town realize how good of a wrestling program McPherson has had for a long, long time. You know, in the winter, basketball, of course, gets a lot of the notoriety. But I'll tell you, the wrestling program in McPherson has been tremendous for about 40 years. I've been here 41 years, and I have just seen this program get better and better and better. And what do you think is the thing that all football coaches always say that they want their guys to go play in the offseason? Wrestle. They want them to wrestle. They, they don't They don't care about basketball or it's baseball. Cr- yeah. They want them to wrestle. They want them to get physical, you know, work on their quickness and, and you know, with their hands, you know, wrestling a lot of hand, hand-to-hand combat. There, like there's a, a program, I think it's Wichita Northwest, one of their coaches, I think it's their head coach, all of their – Players that are not skill players, so all of your, let's say, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, if you want to be in their program and you are not involved in another sport, he requires you to wrestle. Yeah. Now, does that mean you have to be a great wrestler? No. He just requires you to go to practice, wrestle in practice, get physical, get strong and with it. And look how good Northwest has been lately. And Wichita Northwest has been pretty dang good. Yeah. So it is a very important sport for that, and we're looking forward to spending the weekend down there. And then, man, it will be basketball time next week as right. you and I will sit there Sunday, take our last collective breaths right. for hopefully a two-week stretch right. as we hope it will be a really fun next couple weeks. We hope to be going to Emporia four days in a row. Gas up the car. Yep. Hopefully. All right, Steve, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll, we'll spend d- it together. Yep, we'll be down at Park City. Like we City. always do. Yep, be at Park City. Wrapping up today's According to Jim. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Monday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.